This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello, you're listening to Animal Party on Pet Life Radio with me, Deb Wolf. And today, I have some very special guests. First of all, I have Mary Alice Galinsky, who's coming to us, and she's an experienced dog breeder and a friend of Camp Good Dogs. But she's come to us with her granddaughters, who have recently, well, in the last few years, experienced a lot in the way of puppies being born. So we're welcoming to the show Kiara and Sharia. And hello, girls. Hi. So I guess you're back in school already? Yeah. Oh, but today you're not? Hey, they're, they're visiting from Nanaimo. So Kiara is in grade seven. And Sharia is? In grade three. In grade three. And they just moved to Nanaimo one year ago. So it's their second year in the school. But up until then, we had been sharing a house together. So they've pretty well had me in my in their lives from the minute they came on this planet. So okay, it's been a bit of a different year. So how old are you, Sharia? I am eight years old. And how old are you, Kiara? Twelve years old. Twelve. And how many times have you guys seen puppies being born? Three. Three times in eight years? Three times in 12 years? It's, most people never, ever get to see it. What would you like people to know about the experience, Kiara? What's your like memory that you take away? That it's like really interesting when they're being born and like they look a lot different as newborn puppies. What do they look like to you? Um, they look like really small and their fur they don't have much fur, um, but they're also really cute still. How big were they? Yeah, they can fit in like your hand. Oh, okay. And Sharia, if someone showed you a baby puppy, a newborn, and told you it was a kitten or a piglet or something else would you believe them no way no way okay so even though they look kind of like any newborn they still look like puppies to you yes you can tell a difference you can tell a difference there's a difference and what about as they grow sharia what do you notice as they grow well they get bigger they get fluffier they get cuter and they get more playful and then they go through different faces their eyes start opening their ears open and like the mind phase the really jumping exciting phase everything it's new and then the smelling phase and the running phase mm-hmm. the running just phase. run till they die yes. what about the scratch your legs That's phase? About now right now <laughs> yeah they wake up running yes exactly okay so when you say now what does that mean? Have you got a bunch of puppies running around right now at Mary Alice's right house? Now. Right now. How many puppies have you got? We have 50. And they're 11 weeks old. How there many? were 10, but we sold oh. two. So we're down oh, well, to eight. Good. Oh, eight, eight standard poodle puppies? Oh, yeah. And these ones are... What's the difference between this litter and the last litter, which was almost two years ago, guys? What's the biggest difference? Little were Moyen poodles, and this letter are standard poodles. I didn't think it would be that much of a difference, but turns out they're a lot bigger. Than yeah, the last they're one. armfuls. They're armfuls. Okay, we're going to go to our first break and come back and listen to the difference between Moyen poodle puppies and standard poodle puppies. The mama is the same mama. 
but the sire, the stud dog, is different. And Moyen is a little bit smaller than a standard, a little bit bigger than a mini. And standards can be anywhere from 65 to probably 85 pounds, so usually around 70. So we're going to find out about this when we get back on Animal Party Pet Life Radio. Stay tuned. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Hello, we're back on Animal Party Pet Life Radio with me, Dab Wolf. And today I have Sharia and Kiara, the granddaughters of Mary Alice. And we are talking about a litter they have underfoot right now with how many puppies? Eight. Eight left because two sold. And they, what's the difference? Okay, so these guys are bigger? Yeah, way bigger. Did they develop quicker? A litter of 10 puppies. We compared the first vet check at seven and a half weeks in the, of the previous litter, which was two years ago, with the sizes of the puppies that were this year. And our smallest puppy in this litter was bigger than eight of the puppies in the previous litter. So mm. I didn't think it would make a big difference personally. And so now each week when the kids come to see the puppies, they are blown away by how much bigger they are. Because <laughs> the we had one that was pretty well one and a half kilos bigger than the first, than the last litter. Like he was 5.5 kilos at seven and a half weeks. So he was um, a big boy. Yeah. 5.5. But that's anyway. what, 12 pounds or something? That's big, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a oh, yeah. big, big. That's like when the, the mother tells her story about birthing. She goes, oh, I had a 12 pounder. And y'all think, oh, oh my yeah. God. Oh, yeah. Poor woman. Oh, yeah. And that was okay. seven and a half weeks. And and the, the part that was interesting is the first the first two people that wanted puppies, one of the biggest puppies we had, which was really funny. So oh, fantastic. I, mean, I just had that happen to me. I have um uh eight golden doodles, now seven, one spoken for, so six available. And yeah, it no, it almost never happens that someone says, I want yeah. the biggest. Usually they want the smallest. And yeah. you know what, people, I'm gonna tell you right now, if you want the smallest, you have to be prepared for extra coddling, extra cuddling most of the time. And maybe yep. extra vet bills too. So <laughs> the biggest, the biggest isn't going to do that. The biggest is the strongest. He was the healthiest. That was the healthiest girl, the one they took. And even if she has some kind of default, like a birth hernia or whatever, she is still the most boisterous, most strong of the litter. So that's something to keep in mind. If you want a medium-sized dog, go for a small litter and pick the biggest dog as opposed to going for a litter of large dogs and picking the smallest, which is probably the runt or the weakling. Not always. Sometimes it's the most active. Hard to say. But in this case, because we have Moyen in the gene pool, mm -hmm. like the father's father is a Moyen, a 40-pound poodle, 
there is a possibility that mixed with this mother, they we could have one or two Moyen sized puppies. Like oh, you probably not, will, right? Well, except if that were happening, you'd probably know it already because when that happens, and I had that with Teddy, Cinnamon Teddy Bear, when he was young, he was born half the size of the other puppies. When that happens, you do have to give him private feedings because the others are so much taller and bigger. They just shove the little one out of the way. So if you're not having to separate, if they can all get in there, you probably don't have any that are really a lot smaller. I'm well, we sorry. have one that she's she's very dainty. She's very, very... Um, and she is smaller, but she is like, okay. I mean, it's all relative, as you said, comparing them to, you know, big babies. But tell us about Rosie. What's Rosie um, like? Uh, Rosie. Um, she's sweet. And she really likes to come for a hug. She might jump on you if she wants to have a little hug. And but, she really is a, an exciting little puppy. But who's yeah. the first one to break down the barricades? Rosie. Yeah. And well, the, who's yes. the first one to figure out how to... Um, find things that are hidden Rosie. yeah she's she the brains of the family she's sometimes their size difference makes them have to be a little more clever a little more opportunistic they have to be you know and she's light today last night i we created a a whole new booby trap for them to not get out of the area <laughs> where they are sleeping right and rosie figured out how to climb everything jump on a chair and literally climb over the back of the chair and fall onto a stool on the other side <laughs> to get out. And then she opened the door so everyone else could come. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is so, like, my your dog, Pumpkin, is the granddaughter of Raspberry. And that right. is what Raspberry used to do. She used to open oh, my so front door, sit down on her dog bed, and watch all the other dogs run out the front door and cause havoc chasing my cats. It was like, she she wanted the show. Yes, okay. It's a gene pool thing. Now I understand <laughs> She also used to roll over and play with her ball on her back. And if other dogs took the ball, she would pretend to have an invisible ball so she could play with it all day and no one would take it. And that exact trait, someone called me with a golden doodle that has that trait. That's one of her great, great granddaughters. It's like, oh, no. Wow. Just wow. pass along these weird, quirky things. Every dog that I've known that was. Mrs. does that. They're my granddaughter's dog. Oh yeah, my God! Well, Tom, yes, she's one of them. She's the yeah. granddaughter of, yeah, of Raspberry. at her house sometimes, and she'll just pounce at it. That's just nothing on the ground. She'll pounce at it, grab it, run around with it, and she'll do literally everything with it. Isn't that funny? So they're getting that from their great grandmother. Wow! Yeah, yeah. That's too and, cool. And Murray, the father of all the Golden Doodles, back you know he's passed since he retired and passed. He's a long time ago, but. All of his offspring, who are now five, six, four, whatever, all of them, including, yeah, all of them, pretty much in every litter he ever threw, there was one or two dogs that were obsessive about retrieving. In other words, they'd pick up shoes, they'd pick up leashes, they'd pick up their own bowl. You put the bowl down, you give them their food, they pick it up, take it to go. Like, like, what? No, kid, come back here, spilling as they run, and every single one of them. And that was him. It's like, so. If you are trying to buy a puppy and they don't want you to meet the parents, don't buy the dog. If they don't want you That's to see any point. of the relatives, don't That's buy the really dog. That's a really good point. That's a because really good point. If there's a nasty dog there, there's a chance that the puppy's going to get that. Just like these weird little idiosyncratic quirks, you know, dog carries his bowl or dog plays with invisible balls. Lovely traits to inherit. 
But if the dog killed cats, not a lovely trait to inherit. So you want to make sure you meet those parents. All right, we're going to go to our second break and come back and talk more with the girls. Stay tuned on Animal Party Pet Life Radio. Molly, here's your dinner. (laughs) Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. We're back on Animal Party Pet Life Radio, and we are calling from the Vancouver area. We're talking to Mary Alice over on the North Shore, which is a suburb of Vancouver, BC, Canada. And I'm in Maple Ridge, a town an hour east, and that's where Camp Good Dog is. And Mary Alice, a long time ago, adopted a dog called Pumpkin, which is her mama dog. And she's um, a standard poodle, but a very, very small one. And she's, she's been made in 45 pounds. 45? Is that what you said? Yeah, she's 45 pounds. 45 pounds. And she's been mated with, is it Wooster? Wooster. Wooster. Which is Wooster with a W. And, okay. And he is 62 pounds. We found that okay. out when he got neutered. Oh, so he's his career's over. Yes, well, you know, <laughs> I thought Cinnamon Teddy Bear's career was over, Prancing Cinnamon Teddy Bear, my red poodle, because I don't line breed. I don't inbreed. I don't want his genes overrepresented here. So his career is over in terms of the ladies at Camp Good Dog. But ever since his career ended, the phone's been ringing off the hook with ladies from afar. So just last week, old man Teddy, who's, I mean, he's only eight, but still, he's turning eight. So he's perfect age. He got to be with a very young, lovely uh, Aussie doodle from the Okanagan. And it was his first Aussie doodle. He didn't seem to notice that it wasn't a poodle or a golden doodle. And it was her first time, even though she was four. And he charmed the pants off her. Oh, my goodness. Yes, totally efficient. I, For those of you listening, if you have two dogs who have never done it before, it can be a very lengthy process. If you have one dog, a female who's never done it before, and a male who's very experienced, you got to hope he's got a lot of charm. And Teddy, <laughs> Teddy is a charmer. So it really didn't take long at all. But okay, so let's talk a little more with the girls. Sheree and Kiara, can you think for a second, what's your favorite part of breeding puppies? See them born, see them grow up, and and I get to see these changes that they have, that they get once they come out older when they get born, when anything happens, I get to see the changes. So it's really nice. And my the favorite change, part. Yeah, yeah, what's your favorite part? Do you like, do you notice how they change their looks too? 
Yeah, my favorite part is when they open their eyes because it's really cool to see them with like their eyes. And before their eyes open, they're normally like it looks like they're swimming but on ground. Mm-hmm. But then once they open their eyes, they start like lifting themselves up, which is really funny because they always topple over trying to see them learn how to walk. And then yeah, and then once they start playing with each other, that's the really funnest part. What about the day they get their collars? Do you get a reaction? Because I usually do. They don't they don't know what it is at first. <laughs> yeah. They kind of scratch at it, but then like they also like kind of get used to it within like a couple of days, which is good. And just today, we had to swap out some of their collars because their little baby collars are getting too small. Oh, they're growing faster than your Moyen litter, these standards. They're going to grow oh. out quickly and they're going to get over those barricades. They're going to. It's so. I love the stage where their legs grow and nothing else does. So they got huge heads, huge ears, big legs, big paws, and they're tripping over themselves. I love that stage. <laughs> That's about now. <laughs> That's about now. <laughs> And then they look like they're on stilts because the legs keep growing and growing and growing. And it's like, wait a minute. I love that, too. Okay, so what's the worst part? Is the worst part saying goodbye to your favorite one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's one of the parts. And and, uh, what about the very, very first time that we had puppies? Deb, when was that first letter? Four years ago? You had the puppies. And that was here, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, because we... And you helped, did you help her, But we brought them at day four. And Sharia had... How old would you have been then? Was that four years ago? So you must have been... She must have been about four or five, whatever it was. What was the one thing you didn't like about the puppies being born when you were young? Smell. The smell. The smell. My kids, my son hated the smell. He would be interested for one puppy. As soon as the puppy was born and the, the smell came of that embryonic fluid, which I actually don't mind, but that would send him up to his room, shut the door, open the windows. He couldn't stand that. And it does persist for a few days, that weird sort of icky, fishy sort of smell. Kiara and Sharia have a system. What did you do this time? (laughs) And she wasn't afraid of the smell this time. I was the towel midwife. I would get, I would get the microwave ready. And then when she says, a puppy is being born, I throw the towel in, close the door, and I get it ready. And then I run in to heat it. I pass it on to whoever, to my grandma or Kiara. And and then she holds the puppy, and then I go back. And what I did, I was there for when they were being born. So what I did, I would get a not warm cloth I would have them in that I would kind of dry them off with that one and then once they're like kind of dry and pumpkin was done with it then we would get the warm cloth and wrap it around them and someone would hold them and then yeah but the first okay. puppy but it's still pretty smelly you got it I mean there's still a lot going on on the floor and on the blankets that you're constantly changing and everything so I think it's still pretty smelly but you know what that's part of it that's just part of birth it is a messy thing if you're squeamish and you want an immaculate house, and dog breeding is not for you. Right, Mary Alice? <laughs> yeah, and also one of us would write down the um, de- like what the puppy looked like and when it was born and the gender of and it. And the time. And the time. Yeah, so we had a dance in the first It was 2.27. 2.27 a.m.? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're often born in the middle of the night, aren't they? And then what do you, uh, yes. 
and you're so tired and you want to go to bed, but you can't. So what about that? Um, when you're waiting for that last puppy and you're not sure if she's all done, do you guys take part in that or do you go to bed and leave that to Mary Alice? No, we were there. You well, wait? This we're in the afternoon. This yeah, time. this time we're there in the afternoon. Oh, that's not, yeah, the last one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and also it's her first. Have you ever gone to sleep thinking they were all done and woken up and then there's another one? Because I've had that. I think I had that. Yeah, I had that happen once because it was like midnight and I was tired. Mm -hmm. And I think I accidentally fell asleep. Not right. thinking there would be any other puppies. Well, and you know what? That's why, just for people listening, that's why you need the piggy rail. You need the piggy rail anyway because you're not going to be there 24-7 to make sure that tired mama doesn't squash her puppies. And that is the most common cause of death in newborn healthy puppies, mama squashing them. And it's because she's so exhausted and they're so tiny, she can't feel them. So the piggy rail is a tiny little tube, basically, that gets secured to the square pen she's in. And it goes all the way around the perimeter. And it allows the puppies to just kind of squirm out from under her, underneath the tube where she can't be, because the tube prevents her body from being there. She can't squish them. And you won't have any squished puppies if you have a piggy rail. You just get some PVC pipe and some screws and a drill and, and saw it into or get the hardware store to cut the pieces you want and then just screw it in. And I'm telling you, if you're breeding dogs, even if it's your very first time, you need a piggy rail. You really, really do. So look that up. I've shown it on my Dub Wolf Pet Expert YouTube and I've shown it plans for them and a little video of how to make one, but it's really dead easy. So um, you can find it and you can do it. So please do. Don't don't have squished puppies. It's devastating when you count 10 and then the next day there's seven and three big, strong, healthy puppies have been squished. So don't let that happen to you. Now, I know Mary Alice has a piggy rail because I lent her a wealthy you did, <laughs> And it is a lifesaver. You're absolutely right. Even when they're really, 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 really new and they just kind of meet, meet, meet. They don't make a lot of noise. If you hear a noise, you know that I've got to go quickly check. You can see, you know, run your hand underneath her body. And once or twice, she's had one that was, you know, squashed under her. And she was obviously trying to head out. But the, and obviously they all made it. It was fine. But it was just the idea of, yes, you're on high alert for sure. Those first few days. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And, and even when they're being born, I mean, the girls are talking about recording the time and things like that. But you're also making sure they're breathing, they're nursing, yes. their airways clean. Girls, what do you do when the puppy comes out? Are you doing that? Are you cleaning their mouth and nose? Are you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. We need to make sure that they won't die the very next day. <laughs> so then we don't have to be all sad. But the puppy, Alkin's a really good puppy mom. She does clear their, their faces and she really does pick them up and throw them around and drop them and make sure that they are getting wet. <laughs> but after that, yes, the girl. Yeah, I get a little cloth, kind of wipe their face a little because sometimes they have little nose bubbles coming out of their nose. Right. So I just keep like rubbing their back and I'm um, wiping their face until the nose bubbles stop. Do you remember the cat situation? Do you guys remember that? Yeah. Okay. Do you want to tell everybody what happened with that? Sure. With Pumpkin and the cats? Because Pumpkin, the mother dog we're talking about right now, a while back, I think two years ago, maybe longer, she had a litter. She weaned the litter. She was ready to go home. And we got a call. What what happened, ladies? From our neighbor, she um, had her 
Her adult, yeah, her adult cat had died. Yeah, her adult cat had died because she had four days, seven kittens, and we think there was one stolen her, and that kitten died. So then she ended up dying at a pretty young age. So and sad. so the kittens didn't have anyone to nurse them, so we had to get pumpkin to nurse kittens. Okay, so even though she doesn't have the right milk, and we were trying to get them nursing on the right formula out of bottles. They were doing it very well. And so they needed the kind of loving care and massaging and licking and warmth and all that from a mama. So we substituted a dog for a cat for a few days. But the dog we picked, Pumpkin, before this moment had been a pretty, I'd say, ardent cat chaser, would you say? Something like that. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. So when they would go, meow, while she was nursing them, what was her reaction? Like, really shocked. She's like, <laughs> I can't imagine. Yeah, she was mostly calm if their claws weren't touching her skin. But if they were, then she would get a little annoyed. Well, yeah, because kitten claws are way sharper than puppy claws. And what about when they made sounds, Mary Alice? What would she do? Would she, like, act like she saw a cat outside? Uh, no. No? no. no? <laughs> she saw babies. She looked after babies. She yeah. did. So she was cleaning them and everything? Yeah, she pretty much treated them like puppies. So the biggest of that litter was a gray tabby. And you guys brought it to me. And it lives here still. Bobby the Bobcat. Bobby the Bobcat, by the way, if anyone's listening, has been the star of many uh, Camp Good Dog, er, Deb Wolf Pet Expert YouTube videos and Camp Good Dog Facebook videos and how to train your cat to come, to sit, to shake paw for catnip, all how to know his own name. All of that's on Deb Wolf Pet Expert YouTube with Bobby the Bobcat, who's the most interesting cat I've had. But one thing that happened with us is he came here right when Bunny, my golden doodle, was having a litter a few months, maybe a year, 10 months after I got Bobby. And she, Bunny the golden doodle, let Bobby climb into her whelping pen with her while she was giving birth. And he was cleaning her puppies while she was giving birth to more puppies. I actually got this on video. It's on there on Deb Wolf Pet Expert YouTube. It was amazing to see. Wow. And, and wow. He, uh, it's so amazing. And he like waited for permission. Normally the dogs growl or the cats run away and they don't bother a delivering dog. But this dog let him in and, and he wow. helped her. And I, I have wow. the video. It was just amazing. And he still has such a connection to dogs, that cat. Like there's no other place he should live but Camp Good Dog. I really think so. So thank you, ladies. You can check him out if you ever wonder how he's doing. You can check him out at Deb Wolf Pet Expert on YouTube. It's so awesome. Well, Do you remember that. him? Do you remember that? I totally him? remember him. What we also have to add in is the kids weren't there for the birth and delivery of those puppies, but because it was our neighbor and these kittens needed every three-hour feeding because they were only four days old when they had their mother died, the neighbors, and then we would take turns with the neighbors feeding. And what else did we have to do with puppies and, and the kids? Oh, yes, the they other end. Poop and pee them. Poop and poop them, yeah. Because the mom wasn't there to make sure that they got pooped and peed. And Pumpkin wasn't doing it. Pumpkin wasn't licking them to make that happen. And yes, she did. But again, there was like every three hours, the puppies yeah. and the kittens, I should say, I'm sorry, the kittens needed to be fed. So the owners of the kittens... They would do bottle feeding, and then with every bottle feeding, you had to poop and pee them. And then we would take the puppies for a few feeds a day, and Pumpkin would have them, and then the girls would poop and pee them. And then when Pumpkin just couldn't handle those little claws anymore, then we would bottle feed them and poop and pee them. So when it came to having the other litters, 
what did we do? So it's very helpful. Yeah, yeah, we learned a lot with the kittens, actually. So, okay. So when you say you poop and peed them, I would like, I have to let people know what you're talking about. So when a newborn puppy or kitten needs to release urine or feces, it can't do that on its own. Its muscles aren't developed enough. So if you just feed and feed and feed this newborn and nobody helps it get rid the other end, it will get very, very ill. So what has to happen is the mother takes her tongue and she licks the areas where the dog would normally urinate or the kitten would normally defecate. She licks those areas. It stimulates the movement and the urine comes out. The poop comes out. The puppy, the kitten is empty again and can digest again. And that's how it goes for quite a while. So oftentimes pregnant mama dogs, pregnant mama cats will even start looking for feces. They'll start looking to eat it and find it. And they have this really strong drive to clean it. And, you know, you don't want to scold for that if your dog or cat is pregnant because it's going to come in handy very, very soon. And a lot of this, you know, when the girls talked about uh, or when their grandma Mary Alice talked about pumpkin tossing around the puppies a little bit, a lot of times humans will want to interfere with that. They'll think, oh, my God, what's she doing? Stop. But actually, that's what she needs to do to get that fluid out of their lungs. So it's a fine line. You have to watch the mom and make sure she's not being too rough. She's not being too aggressive. If you've got a well-balanced mama that's well taken care of in a very relaxed, comfortable setting and you're right there, you should be able to tell that some of this roughness is good. It's healthy. And if you interfere with it, you'll actually have fluid in the lungs. You, you might have a dog, if you don't let her eat and lick the genitals of the dog and, and you know clean up the mess, if you don't let her do that, dogs and the kittens are going to get really sick. So you, it's a little bit hard for us with our human sensibilities to see this stuff, but it's what nature intends. And then the, the whelping pen is very clean. And sometimes I try to explain to new breeders that it's helpful to consider that the only thing these puppies and kittens are eating is the mother's milk. So when she cleans that up at the other end of them, it's not nearly as horrible as you might think. It is from her and it's going back to her and it's just nature's way and it's totally in balance. So the same is true when the babies are born. There is the, each puppy is born, each kitten is born, usually inside a sack of amniotic fluid with another sack trailing it. And the mother will try and eat a lot of that. And again, people find that really hard to watch, but it's nutritionally good for her and it cleans up the whole mess and makes it less likely predators will come. So if she wants to, let her. If she's having 22 puppies, like the world record holder, Honey, who was then beat by Tia the Mastiff, who had 24 puppies, she's probably going to stop at around six. You know, after <laughs> she's eaten six of those, she's done. So then you start to clean it up for her because she doesn't want to be sitting in it. She doesn't want it all around. It's It feels unsafe to her. But as long as she wants to eat it, as long as she wants to clean this kind of stuff, let her. The second you switch the puppies or the kittens to kibble, your mama animal is going to be a lot less interested in cleaning that up. So be aware that it's going to be your job. (laughs) 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 Right, Mary Alice? I mean, I figure it's four pups a day per puppy. So if you got 10, 40 40 poops a day. And when people ask me, oh, it must be so hard for you to sell the pups and see them go. And I think... Four less poops today, (laughs) one puppy gone. (laughs) It makes it a little easier. Well, it's something also, too, that what was interesting is this time I tried a different kibble. And what surprised me was how little smell there was using this 
different kibble that I've never used before. What kibble? What kibble? Wait a minute. Tell me what kibble. We need it's to know. It's called Bill Jack, B-I-L-J-A-C. It's more like a pellet. So where a kibble, when you put a kibble in water, you know, for when you're getting yeah. ready to eat food and you kind of mash it out a bit, yeah. naturally a kibble swells. And yeah. then over time it softens and then you can kind of mash it into kind of a you know oatmeal kind of a texture, right? Right. When they're starting to eat. Well, the reason I tried this stuff is that the the rep was probably there seeing me coming and you know gave me the sales pitch, but it was true. <laughs> and that was the pellet when you added water, it didn't swell, it actually disintegrated so that it became a mash, a really soft like pablum as opposed to oatmeal. And the puppies, which are transitioning into food around the four-week-ish mark, they could lick it, and it was, it was, you know, obviously very filling and satisfying. But even though, yes, there is, there is a smell, but compared to when we used kibble that would swell and obviously took a lot more to be digested, or maybe not as much got eaten, digested by the body, I don't know. But the smell is significantly less. And the texture of the poops are, if you have to clean up, you know, 400 poops a day, you say it's only yeah. four each. I swear it's like 20 each, but never mind. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. It's it's actually really interesting that, that you start to pay attention to things like the texture yeah, of what's yeah, coming through their yeah, body. Yeah, for sure. And it was very, it was an interesting experiment. Now they are 11 weeks and they are bored silly of this food. So I have to mix it up again. But during that time, that was really significant because once I changed the food, I noticed right away. The first thing I noticed was the smell. Well, I use I use canned food to begin with, and I mix it with the kibble, like you say, with water and make like a soup. And it stinks. And they're oh, yeah. stinks. It's a stinky, I know, messy I know. Thing. But by then, for me, they're outside in a sheltered, heated barn. So I'm not so worried about that. I don't tend to have them in my house once they're on kibble. No no, 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 no. We're, we're, oh, I see. I'm one one two weeks in inside. It's one of those things that I think it, it's always, you're always learning. I'm sure you've done how many zillions of litters, but you're always learning, right? And that's the key is each mom has her own dynamic. Puppy, you know, is going to respond. Some might look like they need help. And I remember we had a really small litter in our uh, puppy in our second litter. And it was little. So we, the girls were supplementing it and, and, babying it and holding it and, and all this it ended up at seven and a half weeks 500 grams bigger than all the rest and when he finished up he was <laughs> he was the spit of his great great his, wait great grandfather his great grandfather he's the spit and he's 72 pounds and he's this white oh he's like father and he's noodles clone he is just oh uh, my goodness and he's he's three generations away from the one that he's the double for so it's really That's fun. Noodle you know, poodle. My noodle poodle, son of Vegas. Vegas was 90 pounds in his prime. Vegas was a royal, which is one size bigger than a standard. So originally all my dogs were a lot bigger, but people wanted smaller. So I started to keep the smallest, healthiest dogs and breed smaller, smaller. Normally the papa does determine the size of a litter. So usually we want the female to be a little bit bigger than the male because she's going to have to carry all the babies and you pick a small male and you get small puppies. But like you're saying, there's often a throwback one or two in the litter who are gigantic, like their ancestors and one or two who may be petite, like the new one you're, you're shooting for. And you just don't know the same with color in poodles. 
You know, there's like, you just can't be racist about color when we're talking about poodles because it doesn't matter what you got. You don't know what you're going to get. And every color in the rainbow is there. And they're all just as gorgeous as any other. Like red, cream, apricot, party, mixed colors. I mean, brown, uh, like, well, copper was sort of a brownie red. One of, you know, the the father of your Moyens. Yeah, but he... He faded. He's faded. Was, it's it's something. Something. There's a lot of poodles. Yeah. My, my red Ted Raspberry, he's still red, especially after he's been groomed. Oh, he's so red. He's beautiful. But yeah, you don't know. I met um, the people with the Aussie Doodle from the Okanagan came over and they told me that when their dog was a puppy, she was striking three colors, lots of brown. And now she's totally silver and gray. No brown. So I mean, wow, you just don't know. And all silver standard poodles are born black. So if you get a black poodle with a silver face, you're getting a silver poodle in a year or two. Wow. That's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. No, I, and I think quite honestly, when I look at the girls and they have their friends come over and we're um, talking about, you know, having seen puppies being born. I'm sorry you're hearing in the background is this is Wooster, the father of the puppies. He barks whenever the puppies are out and loose. Aww. and. I can't get him to accept the fact that they are they live here. And they're allowed to be out. He's like, no, 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 get back in there. You're supposed to be in that. Oh, yeah. Room. Oh, no, no. He is stressed. He's very anxious about Aww. the puppies. So it's it's unfortunate. But he was great. And when they were little, he would pee and poop them and clean them and, and lick them. And if you hold one, he will still try to pee and poop it. But the minute it's on the ground, it's the floor is lava. The poor guy just is stressed out of his mind. The males don't, you know, most of the males really don't enjoy puppies. My Teddy, he enjoys only the female puppies and only when they're old enough to be what he would consider future dates, you know? Yes, but, exactly. <laughs> okay, well, I'm afraid we have to end the show, Mary Alice. It's been so good. I just want to say goodbye to the girls and see if there's anything they'd like to say before we wind up. Sharia, Kiara, is there anything you'd like people to know? No, we said everything. You've said everything. Well, maybe you'll send me some pictures and I'll post them on my Camp Good Dog Facebook. So if people want to look at these puppies, they can at Camp Good Dog on Facebook. And last night, two nights ago, while driving, I hit a bear, a baby bear. What? Yes. But I'm fine and the bear is fine. And I talked to my friend Ivan the Lion Tamer and he said, he looked at my car, he saw the damage and he said, no, that bear's fine. The only thing that can hurt a baby bear is a bigger bear. So I'm not too worried about the bear who outran my car, collided with the tire, took the hubcap and kept running. He's okay. My car, not so okay. If you want to see what the bear did to my car, check out Deb Wolf Pet Expert on Facebook. I'm going to post the pictures today. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. It's been great. Thank you, Mary Alice. Thanks, Kara. Thank you. Drea. All right. From Deb Wolf and Animal Party. Be good, dear animals. Let's Talk Pets. Every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>